Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We've got a great episode today. We have, we're interviewing Michael Albom, who is the program manager and head coach of Roofstock Academy, and he's also a real estate investor. Michael hosts the Remote Real Estate Investor Podcast, provided by Roofstock as well. So we're going to get to Michael here in a few minutes. But first, it's our hot topic, the old hot topic. So my good buddy... Mark Cunningham came out with a video recently, and the video was titled How to Reduce Owner Churn. And his basic, his big thing was be the investment advisor, not just a property manager. And I've been doing, I've been preaching this for a long time, right? When you are so reactive, you cannot be the investment advisor. You could only be the property manager. And if you listen to the show, you know I call property managers gophers. Go for this, go for that. Go to my house and make sure the, you know, the pool is being filled with water. Go to my house and pick up this package. Like, it's just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of low-level uh, items that these folks are talking to you so that when it comes to the big items, they don't really want to talk to you, so they go find another expert. Now, Mark says, you do this, you become the investment advisor by creating videos, by newsletters, and like a year-end letter. And in those newsletters, you're talking about the market, and you're talking about, you know, basically you are positioning yourself to be the market leader. So I say that's great, and you should do that. But I think the main thing is you need to reduce your normal tasks for your property managers by hiring virtual team members and by using automation. This way, the property managers mainly deal with escalations and building relationships. So at Empire, I literally renamed my property managers to client relations specialists. Other folks I've talked to re- renamed them to asset managers. And I love the investment advisor calling your property manager an investment advisor per Mark's video. So big fan of that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then we get to our interview with Michael Albom, who actually lived in a van down by the river. Can't wait to hear that story. See you on the other side of the break. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm really excited to have Michael Albom with Roofstock here. So, Michael, you work with Roofstock. Can you tell me a little bit about what Roofstock is and what you do for them? Yeah, totally. Well, thanks so much for having me, Peter. I appreciate you having me on. So, Roofstock is a 
It's a platform that facilitates the buying and selling of mostly single family homes or some small multifamily on there too. But really it was designed to democratize the way that real estate investors have access to investment opportunities. So they have properties listed all over the country that anyone sitting from their home could underwrite and ultimately invest in, again, from the comfort of their own home. So if you don't have a property manager and agent and, and construction crew team out in Nashville, Tennessee, Roofstock's done a lot of legwork for you and so connect you with all of those people. So you being a Texas guy could very confidently and easily invest, again, in markets across the country. And so what I do specifically is I run the Roofstock Academy, which is the education side of the business where we help teach people how to invest in real estate independent of the platform that they're using. And so if you're just getting started, we've got something for you. And if you're a seasoned investor, but looking to plug into a network or scale the portfolio or get involved in some different asset classes, we've definitely got stuff for you as well. So basically if I'm a New York investor, I live in New York and I can't afford anything in, in New York, I literally could go on a rootstock and find properties, let's say in Ohio, that might be part of like, might be like what I'm looking for. And then you have all the boots on the ground to help me with the, with the property in Ohio, basically. Exactly. Yep. We'll put you in touch with lenders, insurance reps, property managers, local agents. You can plug into that team. If you're someone that is already investing in Ohio and wants to go do it themselves, already has an existing team, you can totally leverage them as well. But we've got yeah access to listings that you'll see on the MLS and on Redfin and Zillow. But we also have exclusive listings uh, that you're not going to find anywhere other than Roofstock. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So, Michael, you deal with a lot of real estate investors. Most of our listeners are property managers. In your experience, what are investors looking for in a property manager? And why do you think most investors do not utilize a property manager? Yeah, well, Pete, I'm, I'm sitting right now, but proverbially picture me getting on my knees and begging, crossing my hand saying, please, 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 property managers who are listening, all we want is communication. All we want is someone to acknowledge that they've received our email, text, or voicemail and say, hey, I'm on it. I can't get back to you right now, but I've received your communication. I'll get back to you in a week, in two weeks, whatever that is. We just want to know that we're not talking to the void. And I think that's really first and foremost. And I see what really separates great property managers from good, from terrible property managers usually hinges on communication. Nobody likes getting bad news. Nobody likes delivering bad news, but I would so much rather my property manager pick up the phone and call me and say, Hey, Michael, I've got some bad news as opposed to letting something fester for weeks, months, days, whatever. And then I find out about it after the fact. And then my property manager looks like a schmuck that they didn't know about it, but maybe they did. They just didn't tell me about it. And then everybody's pissed off. So I think first and foremost, communicate with your clients. And I would say over-communicate. I think a lot of us have this idea in our minds of how often we want to communicate or how we best communicate. And, you know, I can think I'm a good communicator and Pete, you could think you're a good communicator. And if we try to communicate with one another, it could fall totally flat on its face. So until we talk about, hey, Pete, I usually like phone calls. How do you like to communicate? Oh, you prefer email? Okay, well, let's remedy that. Oh, and by the way, if I send an email, I expect to hear from you in 24 hours, because that's the personal standard I hold myself to. Oh, you're more of a 48 hour guy. Okay, great. Well, now I know that if I send you an email, don't hear from you for 48 hours. It's not you ignoring me. It's that that's your definition of timeliness. So have conversations at the front end when you're working with clients around expectations and setting expectations and make sure it's a two-way conversation. 
That I think would help solve a multitude of problems, both from the property management side, frustration, as well as from the investor side, feeling frustration. That's a great point. I know one of the challenges that we have in the industry is we worry about if we over-communicate, are we causing more challenges than need to be? Right. So some, some of our, and I was like this when I owned, when I owned my company, I'm the manager. Let me just do the job. I'll tell you what's going on after I do the job. And sometimes when I would like, you almost like when you, when you communicate, you're almost asking for them to make the decision, your investor. And so what would you say to that? Like, so like, uh, I guess, I guess it goes back to your point originally is like, how do you want to communicate? What do you want to be communicate? How do you like, how, how often, when, and what about, right? Yes. Yes. I think that's totally it. Because I think for newer investors, especially newer investors, they are so scared about all of the things that can go wrong. And so they, they want to be very hands-on. I think most newer investors, I would say. And so there's this working relationship that has to develop over time. And there's this trust that has to be built over time. Mm -hmm. And so I almost see it. I know for property managers that I work with, it starts very high, the level of communication and, and the, the oftenness or the frequency of communication. And then it tapers off with time. Because Pete, if you're my property manager and you're telling me, hey, had a light bulb repair, fixed it, had this tenant call, needed a plumber, fixed it, like, and are giving me updates, it can still be after the fact. It doesn't need to be asking for decisions, but it just shows me that, wow, Pete is on it. He's taking care of all these things. I didn't even hear about it. He's tackling these issues. As opposed to, I see a repair bill at the end of the month for 500 bucks, and I'm like, whoa, you know, where did this come from sort of a right. thing? So I think it, it can definitely taper off over time. And I think if, if you and your listeners or property managers, they frame it as this is an update. I'm not asking for your permission owner. That. that has a little bit of a different tone and connotation to it. I think you make a great point about the trust. I know when people, when I managed somebody's property for five years, that was a much easier, like when something happened and I just, you know, knocked it out, that was much easier than the reluctant landlord or the new investor that I got, I got them for five days and something happens right. or within 30 days. So that, right. that's a great point. So in our industry, it's like 70% of investors self-manage and like 30% use property managers. What do you think is the, is the main reason why people self-manage? I think it's probably the same reason why there's so many more small businesses in the country than there are like massive, massive businesses. So many people have this idea of I can do it better myself, or I don't trust anyone else to do it, uh, or their parents did it. And so their parents had properties and they saw themselves managed. So they, they're self-managing. And I think really if people, more people sat down and actually ran the numbers around what they are paying themselves in terms of a property management fee and compare that against how much time they're spending on the properties, more people would leverage property managers. So let's take like a run of the mill example, a thousand bucks a month in rent, 10% property management fee. That means you're going to pay someone a hundred bucks a month to manage the property, to do all of this stuff. Now let's say you're really good and, and you're an effective manager and you only need to spend three hours a month managing this property, doing whatever you need to do. That means that you value your time at $30 an hour approximately. If someone's listening to this and it's like, oh crap, like I'm worth more than 30 bucks an hour. Think about leveraging a property manager. I mean, and really I would break it down and write down all the stuff that you do on any given month and compare that against, again, how much you would be paying someone else. It is so often worth it. And I think as a property manager, if someone's listening to this, the way that you can really connect with owners is simply explain like, hey, look, I understand 
where your pain points are. I understand what your frustrations are. Let me take on some of that burden for you. Oh, and by the way, you're only paying, you know, average, we're going to spend five hours a month on the property. You're paying us 20, 20 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour, whatever it comes out to be and start talking about it in terms of dollars and cents and break it down for folks. I think that becomes a lot more impactful and meaningful. I like that. I have a funny story with that. So Steve and I, my business partner, we used to own and, ma- and self-manage our own homes. And we had this one lady, she disappeared. So we go to the house and the house is, everything is in there. We literally spend the whole afternoon. I left work early. He flew in. He was a pilot, flew in. We changed into our, you know, our, our, work, our gear to, to like trash out this house. Yeah. We spend hours trashing out this house, Okay. He looks at me and goes, man, how much money do you think we saved? I go, money do you think we saved? I'm an IT specialist. You're a pilot. How much money did we lose? So, <laughs> so it's same, so same true. <laughs> it's so true. And look, like if, if you're the kind of person that enjoys that stuff, that gets a lot of satisfaction, like more power to you. But I'm someone and that I know my time isn't best spent doing that sort of thing. I'm not a professional property manager, so I leave it to the professionals. Just like I'm not a lawyer. I don't prepare my own leases. Like there's all kinds of stuff that we do in everyday life that we pay professionals for that for whatever reason, when it comes to management, people are like, whoa, like, no way I'm doing it myself. And like, you know, so so, again, makes sense for some less so for others. Got it. So you're a real estate investor. How did you get started in the real estate investing? Yeah. So I read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think is the causation for so many newer investors. The (laughs) Bible. Yeah, seriously, the Bible. And I was was working as a professional fire protection engineer at the time. And so like math and equations and Excel was like what I ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so I understood, I took the concepts, the very high level concepts from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, started getting self-educated for about two years. And that said, like, this just makes sense. Like from a pure mathematical numbers perspective, this makes sense. I can wrap my head around it. I've lived in homes. So it's not this abstract thing like, you know, data was to me at the time. And so I said, let's just, let's do it. And I figured out also like what my downside risk was. Cause that's what I was doing for professionally for work is like mitigating and quantifying risk. And I said, okay, I took down what the whole, whole piece of the pie and broke it down into monthly bite-sized chunks. And I said, okay, this is how much I'm responsible for. This is how much I'm expected to bring in. This is what my exposure looks like. I'm okay with that. And I had a really well-paying job. So I said, even worst case scenario, things go totally sideways. I'll eat top ramen for a little bit, but I'm not going to like have to move out of my house that I was renting. So again, we, we just minimized the exposure and figured out, is this acceptable? And then I was able to move forward. Did, you're from California originally or you live yep, there now? Yep. Okay. Did you buy in your market? The first no. One? So I bought, I bought in a market in Southern California, about two and a half hours away from where I grew up. It was a market that I knew I had gone there as a kid like for weekend vacations, my grandpa had a mobile home there. He had some like commercial property as well. So we knew an agent and a property manager there. And so she's like, let me show you what this is all about. And so I said, okay, like this sounds good. So I kind of took a swing knowing again, quite a bit about the market, but I just had people personnel there that I trusted that was able to really lean into. You know, going back to that other question, that's one of the things that most investors don't realize is a property manager knows the market so well, they know a good deal, sometimes even better than, well, we know as property managers, if a property is going to rent and what's going to rent for better than any agent out there. So leverage your property managers, leverage their, their local knowledge. So absolutely. You took care. You took advantage of that real uh, in your first one. So kudos to you. Yeah. So part of your job is at Roofstock is educating people about buying investment properties. 
What do you think are some of the ways that property management companies can get in front of real estate investors? Because one of the things that we always have is like, how do we get, how do we get more clients? How do we get in front of more real estate investors? So obviously you get in front of a lot. What do you think that they could do to help get some of those clients? Yeah, I think it's, it's just first and foremost, demonstrating value. Like you mentioned, showing people, okay, this is what something would rent for. This is how long we expect to be on market. This is what we see typical expense ratios in this market run. These are some of the typical expenses we see associated with properties in this market. Because especially for remote investors, we talk with, with local property managers, boots on the ground and agents regularly. Someone in Texas understands the nuances of Texas issues, commonalities, typical repairs and maintenance that could be totally foreign to someone from California or just outside Texas. And so, you know, you might have termites and you're like, yeah, that's like par for the course, not a big deal. Someone who isn't familiar with that is right. like, Whoa, termites, like that's a huge deal. So <laughs> getting with folks and really holding their hands, walking them through, Hey, this is the value that we bring to the table. This is what we're able to do for you. And by the way, these are all the things that you then in turn won't have to worry about can be really eye-opening for someone. And you mentioned, you know, leveraging the property management's local knowledge. That's something that I always advocate for and always really recommend and encourage people to do is like, go talk to local property managers because they will blow your socks off with some of the things they tell you, both in the pros and the cons, but at least you're going to go into this transaction eyes wide open. And yeah. so okay. just show people. And like the other thing is like return phone calls, I would say. For pro I've called a lot of property managers, left voicemails. Hey, I'm a new investor looking to invest in the market. And I don't hear anything back. That is like the fastest way to eliminate yourself off someone's potential property management list. Like, sure. If I'm not returning a call for a potential new client, what happens when I'm a client? That's what everybody thinks right away. When I'm an existing client or I'm a tenant, like forget about it. So I think that those two things, again, which kind of harkens back to the communication piece is, is the best way for your property management audience to, to continue to gain momentum and bring on new clients. I'm just curious. Do you think that there's value in creating a, as a property management firm, a class to investors on how to manage property or what goes into managing your property? A thousand percent. Really? You think people would be interested in that? I think you would, you would convert more self-managed clients to property management clients via that class. Because if someone is able to see, okay, well, these are my systems. These are my pain points. Oh, here's a company that like makes their living. That's how they feed their families is by doing this day in and day out. And this is just kind of a side thing for me. I think that would make a lot of sense. I think that would make a lot of sense. And it also allows you to showcase how well you do things. Like when right. you're showing people what goes into the sauce, you know, giving you people become, a tour of the sausage factory. You become the expert. You become the expert. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that's unique about you is you basically live in a van down by the river. And I'm <laughs> kind of tongue in cheek, but what does it take to live the van life while you're married and have a full-time job? Yeah, it takes a lot of dedication and I'd say a good sense of humor because <laughs> a lot of things go sideways on a regular basis. And so we lived in a van full time for like eight months. We moved out of our primary, rented it out, and we were trying to figure out where we wanted to live next. So we were traveling around the, the Western US mostly. And, you know, it's funny because I was remote. I've been remote working for the last several years before the pandemic, and you need a cell phone and a Wi-Fi connection. And I was yep. traveling in Central America for a while, managing my managers who were taking care of my remote portfolio. And so that wasn't really new for me. It was kind of nice, the fact that I was able to be in the US and doing it, because I had constant, really good cell signal and Wi-Fi was easier than, than in Costa Rica. 
but I think it's just this mentality shift, the mindset shift around, okay, I don't have to be in the same place. My property managers and my property can't move because if those are moving around the country, you got bigger issues. But if, <laughs> if I'm doing it and I can check in on things and I'm able to respond to emails and pick up phone calls and sign paperwork, like that's all running a real estate portfolio often is if you're leveraging professional managers, which I do across the portfolio. So I was like in Portugal taking care of stuff. I was in Costa Rica. Like it doesn't really matter where I am. And right. so with the van thing, like putting it bluntly, like you poop where you eat. And so you kind of have to be okay with that. And so it's <laughs> like, it's just little things take more effort. And so you have to be okay with not knowing exactly where you're going to sleep every single night, trying to figure out where you're going to go get fresh drinking water from, where are you going to be able to go get groceries from? These sort of things. If that sounds fun to you, like I would highly encourage everyone to, to give it a try for a little bit. If you're sitting here listening to like, oh my God, that sounds like hell on earth. Well then, you know, let me save you the time. Don't bother. I think maybe an RV in my future, but definitely not a van. I, I definitely need some, some kind of comfort of living. As my wife says, you know, we, we, we talk about, hey, like maybe we should go probably camping. And she goes, camping to me is a Motel 6 with basic cable. Like that's, that's camping. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all it's all frame of reference, right? It's all frame of reference. I, I just it was, I just find it I just find it amazing when when people can do that. I just I just find it simply amazing. So, it, you know, it was it was cool. So we bought the van, and it was like a, it used to be a mobile golf showroom. So it was like this big box on wheels. And the guy that converted it for us, we knew him. He was a buddy of ours, so we helped design the thing. So we had a lot of creature comforts. So we had a full shower and a toilet and a queen bed and a two burner stove and like roof places for the surfboards. A ton of storage, but yeah, it's. Just like you have a lot of the creature comforts, but you also definitely miss some of the stuff from home, like being able to walk around per se, <laughs> you know, little, little stuff. Being able to walk around, that is funny. <laughs> and I guess when you're in the Pacific Northwest mainly, so not uh, heat is not as big of an issue, right? Like uh, if you tried to do that in Texas in August and July, uh, God bless you. Good luck with that. It would be super tough. Yeah, we, we tried to follow the good weather and we had to definitely reroute a lot of our trips because of the fires were so bad in 2021 and a lot of Pacific Northwest. That's so right. yep. you got to be able to kind of bob and weave a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Man, I just find that super amazing. So most property managers, similar to realtors, are just too darn busy earning a living so they, don't, they actually don't invest in real estate. I, I, it's amazing to me when I talk to realtors and property managers, like, yeah, they don't invest in real estate. And I actually yeah. lived this. I was investing in real estate, started my management firm, stopped for like six years investing in real estate. And then when I sold the firm, I started buying property again. So what is some advice that you could give to somebody to say, hey, you got to start, like, here's how you can start investing in real estate, especially if you're in the industry. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you really have to drink the Kool-Aid if you're going to be in this business. And I think it's so important because I, I would say just kind of like flip the script a little bit and think about your potential clients. If you're a client and you go to someone and say, Hey, you know what? It's a little bit at the car dealership. You go to the Ford dealership and you're talking to the salesperson. You're like, Oh, cool. So you drive a Ford and you're like, no, I drive a Toyota. Like <laughs> instantly lose credibility right there. And that, like through no fault of the road. And so I think you really have to try to live and breathe the thing that you're selling. And like the experience that you get from owning a property, even if it's just one, you can now convey that to your clients and say, hey, look, I get it. I'm an investor. I understand your pain points. And, we, you know, on podcasts, especially real estate investing podcasts, we talk about all the gurus and stuff that are selling stuff. And we always throw, tell people to be very cautious around people that are claiming to do something or know something or be the expert at something, but yet they don't do it themselves. And so I would say 
that you're probably losing credibility with clients if someone asks you the question, hey, are you, are you an investor yourself? And you say no, because they clearly, I mean, they're going to take away from that. Okay, well, that person doesn't understand exactly what I'm going through. They don't know what it's like mm -hmm. to feel the things that I'm feeling that I'm experiencing. And until aligned. they do, yeah. it, you're not aligned. You're not aligned. That's exactly it. So I would encourage everyone to do so. And I would say that property managers are probably in the best position out of any real estate investor out there to purchase great deals. You have like, you understand and get to, you get the insider scoop on the financials and the performance and the tenants of all of these properties. And so if someone comes to you, a client comes to you and says, Hey, I'm thinking about selling. I would start thinking about buying because again, you've got a great insider scoop. I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. I bought my last six properties from our portfolio. And all I did was obviously it was, I knew the, the investor was looking to sell. Right. And he, I knew that he was somewhat looking to sell pretty quickly. And I went in, I looked at all the leases. I looked at all the maintenance. I looked at all the history. You have it all right there. You're like, yeah. hell, I don't even know. I don't even know, need to go do an inspection on this one. I know everything about the property. I can, I can literally right. offer them money right then and there. I know it's going to lease yeah. for, I don't know how long it. Yeah. So right. I think that's a great advice. So thanks, Michael. Yeah, all right, man, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back for the lightning round are you ready for the lightning round oh let's do it all right we'll be back create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner citizen home solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services no more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistants for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program, starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. 
All right, welcome everybody. Welcome to the the lightning round. That's me doing that. We, we don't have sound effects here at Narpum, so I do my own sound effects. I love it, man. That's great. <laughs> all right, so uh, this first question is going to be interesting because we got the van thing out of the way. So, what is one thing that most people do not know about you? One thing that most people don't know about me: I am a middle child and have a chronic case of middle child syndrome. <laughs> Do you use virtual assistants in your real estate business or with your rooftop piece of your business? You know, I don't, Pete. And so when you and I got connected and you were telling me about VPM solutions, my ears perked up like, I don't know, like an L for like a dog. And my, they, they were singing. So I, I definitely, it's something I want to do some of. I want to get started for sure. All right. We'll talk after this. Yes. What is your favorite vacation that you've taken? My favorite vacation that I've taken? Oh my gosh. Wow. You know, I went to the Dominican Republic to do some kite surfing in a town called Cabarete, and that was just like blew my socks off. It was unbelievable. I got to go hang out with you more. You have you have way cool <laughs> vacations. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in business? It doesn't have to be real estate, just business itself. I think it all comes down to the education piece. It's something I harp on all the time in the Rooftop Academy. Like, go get educated and you just have to go into the decision that you're making eyes wide open and anything you do understand the risks, the upsides, whatever, but just like, don't get caught looking. Does pineapple belong on pizza? A thousand percent. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So yeah. we, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to belong. agree to disagree on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get pineapple on half. How about that? <laughs> what book are you currently reading or what is one that's impacted your business or life? So I'm currently reading the, oh man, the loopholes of real estate investing. It's a rich dad. Is that dad, a Kiyosaki uh, book? Yeah, it's right? A, yeah, it's a Kiyosaki book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I run a book club over at the Rooftop Academy. So that's what we're doing for, for this book for the summer. That's an old it's school great. book. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I read yeah, that yeah, one older. probably 15 years ago, if I, if yeah. I recall. Nice. All it's right. good. It's, it's, it's like dense and full of like actionable stuff that people can, can do. So it's been great. All right. Other than the NARPM podcast, what's a podcast you recommend? Oh man, I love The Daily, which is New York Times production talking about news stories that are coming out for that day and it comes out every day. All right. Or yours? Or yeah, or my, I mean, I don't want to be so. <laughs> wow, swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah, the remote real estate, it's funny because like I, I host the remote real estate investor and I don't know about you, but like I have a hard time listening to myself. And so I'll Same listen here. to some episodes, but all of them, I'm just like, oh man, I because just, we're our own biggest critics, right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually will have a NARPM podcast drop and people are like, and I'll, I'll tell the person I, I, I interviewed and they're like, well, how, how do we, how was it? Or how did it come out? I'm like, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I, don't listen, know. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it live. I don't need to hear the replay. What comic book character do you most associate with? Oh man, that is such a good question, Pete. <laughs> um, I, I, okay, so it's not like a traditional comic book, but I feel kind of like Calvin and Hobbes, where I'm definitely <laughs> like Calvin. I had tons of imaginary friends. I was off playing by myself for a long time and, and really, frankly, enjoy that. <laughs> All right, last one. What do you prefer, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dog I'm, I'm allergic to cats and, you know, I have a dog guy through and through. Michael, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? You can come find me at roostockacademy.com. You can find me on um, LinkedIn or Twitter, which is something I never thought I would say, but I'm there at, at Michael Albom or Michael Albom on LinkedIn. And if you want to join NARPM, go to narpm.org. So N-A-R-P-M, narpm.org, or you can call them at 
782-3452. And if you are like Michael, interested in virtual assistance, go to vpmsolutions.com or you can email me direct at pete at vpmsolutions.com. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Michael. Hey, thank you, Pete. It was a blast. This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org. 